Lord's house this morning. I know you all got up to snowy conditions at your house. Um, I plowed my driveway yesterday when the storm was over. Then when we got up this morning, uh, we had drifts that blocked the vehicles in. Uh, so I was surprised at that. I didn't anticipate that. So I know everybody had to get up and deal with something. And I'm glad that you made it a priority to come and be in the Lord's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that we could come and worship you. We thank you for the beautiful place we live. We thank you for the way you watch over us and provide for us. And we do lift up before you those in the world who are in much more dire circumstances. Pray for those in the Ukraine, those throughout different parts of the world where they are faced with war and fear every day. I pray that you would watch over them and that you would take them through this and bring it to a close soon. And we just want to thank you for the warm church we have, our homes, our family, our community. You are good to us. We praise you and thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
Would you please stand and together we lift up our voices as we sing All I Have is Christ and How Great is Our God.
Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind me.
like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would please, and turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read to you verses 5 down through 13. The actual text we're going to look in is chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. I'm going to preach to you this morning about being a prayer warrior, the power of prayer. A couple weeks ago, I preached to you about great leadership, what it is that the qualities of a great leader. Last Sunday, went into the Word of God and we looked at what, what makes a good person, went into the Scriptures and just examined how can we be a good person. We expect others to be great leaders, then how do we be a good follower? And this morning, what I want us to see is how to be a great prayer warrior. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives to us the model prayer. So we're going to look into that model prayer. We're going to draw from it our, the experience we need to understand how to be a great prayer warrior. Let's ask the blessing on his word. Father, I pray that you be with us as we look into these verses. I ask that it would be your Holy Spirit that stirs our hearts. Ask that it would be you that helps us to look into the mirror of the scriptures, see ourselves, and help us, Lord, to be conformed to the image you want us to be. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 down through 13. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard, for they are much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have in need of before you ask them. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we look at this model prayer given to you and I by the Lord Jesus Christ to make us great prayer warriors, what we find are three groups of three. So when you look at this prayer, you see three teachings, three teachings, and three teachings. Each of those triads are given to us that we might draw from them and understand how to be a great prayer warrior. The first triad is in verses 9 and 10, and it simply is the voice of reverence. It is three things that help us to understand who God is and how he should be in relationship to us. In fact, we find in those three truths, the Trinity itself, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. When you look there at verse 9, listen to what it says again. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. So he starts this prayer by addressing God the Father. And again, remember, I told you that we're going to be introduced to God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Ghost. All within this very first triad. Here he references God the Father. And he says to you and I that we need to come to him. And we need to understand that he himself is holy. Again, what's he saying? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is the name of God. In fact, when you go to the book of Revelation and you look into heaven itself, as the gates of heaven are opened up, you find the angels gathered around the throne of God and they're crying out, holy, 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 because hallowed is God the Father. Then we come down to the very next part of this first triad. Look again with me at verse 9. He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And that is a reference to our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. The kingdom 
for which he reigns. He reigns throughout eternity as that king, as the very son of God. So we are immediately brought to that place where we understand and acknowledge the kingdom of Christ. You and I are part of it, humbled in it as servants within it. So when we come to God in prayer, we come to God the Father and we reference his kingdom over which our Lord Jesus Christ reigns. And then we come down to the very next part of that. Look with me again at verse 10. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And if you'll remember with me in the scriptures, the Lord Jesus Christ, before he left, he said, I will send another even as myself which is the Holy Ghost. So we've seen God the Father, we've seen the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, and here we see the work of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. In fact, as I mentioned a little bit ago, we're going to be doing a study through prophecy, and one of those prophetic truths is that the rapture will come and the Holy Spirit will be removed. He that keepeth shall be removed. That's the removal of the Holy Spirit at that time when the tribulation period enters into the world. And you'll learn all those things and be retaught them, reminded of them when we go through that study. So this first triad in verses nine and 10 of the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer given to us is a time of reverence, coming and humbling ourselves before that triune God. Little poem says, may thy will not mine be done, May thy will and mine be one. Chase these doubtings from my heart. Now thy perfect peace impart. That's how we start in prayer. We come before God the Father. We come humbly before God the Son. And we come in tune with God the Spirit as we come to the Lord in prayer as great prayer warriors. But I told you that there are three of these triads three of these lessons of threes through the Lord's Prayer. So the second set of threes is in verses 11, 12, and 13. He starts out, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this set of threes is all about supplication or requests. Coming to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Bringing to Him the requests, the supplications of asking God, would you please intervene in my circumstances in my life? Very much a part of prayer, isn't it? You and I each in our lives as we face things that we ourselves maybe don't understand and certainly we don't know how we're going to deal with, we bring them to God and we ask Him, Lord, would you please intervene? And so here we find him teaching us how to do that. It's interesting when we look there at verse 11, he brings us to the most basics of human existence. Remember what he says in verse 11? Give us this day our steak and lobster. Give us this day our Texas barbecue and home fries. No, give us this day our daily bread. We forget sometimes, we become so comfortable in oftentimes our opulence. We forget that really what we need to exist are the basics. We don't really need seltzer water. I read a, I read a story here a little while ago about a young girl in the 1800s who dreamed of the day when her family would have enough money for her to try seltzer water. She'd heard of it, but she'd never tried it. She couldn't imagine water with bubbles in it. And she just imagined someday she would have enough money to try seltzer water. And you and I today, we don't even give it a thought, do we? In fact, today people pay for plain water and a little extra for salsa water and maybe a little more for other kinds of water.
But here God reminds us, really, when we come before him, we need to be grateful for the most simple things in life. And here he simply teaches us, Lord, we come before you and ask you to give us this day our daily bread. But then he comes down, look at the shift he makes from our basic existence of the daily needs to live. And he goes into verse 12 in this area of supplication or request. And he says, God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is a tremendous lesson for each of us in our prayer life. Because here he not only is connecting us to God in prayer about our need, but he's reminding us about our need to connect with others. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we can be exceedingly self-centered, can't we? We forget that there's somebody rubbing shoulders with us all the time. Maybe it's our spouse, maybe it's our children, our parents, our co-workers, our neighbors. I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about uh, young marrieds and married life. And the statement was, was made, everybody has to learn to forgive, don't they? You have to learn to forgive. Because no matter how sweet you are, someday, somehow, you're going to offend somebody. And you're going to hope they, they forgive you. Well, in return, you've got to be able to forgive others. That's part of marriage for sure, isn't it? If you go into marriage thinking uh, love is never having to say I'm sorry, then you have bought a Hollywood lie. Because the reality is saying sorry is a real part of love. Of being able to look at each other and say, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that or whatever. And then being forgiven. It's a real part of life. And so God teaches us in our prayer because there are times, you know, the Bible teaches us to come before God and ask him to forgive us. But he adds in here, forgive me as I forgive others. And it just makes us step back in our prayer life. Are we asking God to do for us what we are not willing to do for others? And it even reminds us of our daily bread. If we're, if we're taking time now to ask God for things, and we're asking for our daily bread, do we help others with their daily bread? Are we willing to share the basic necessities of life with a friend, a neighbor, somebody in another country, somebody less fortunate? Are we willing to forgive if we're being asked to, to be forgiven? Are we willing to forgive? So God reminds us. And you know, the Bible addresses the idea of you and I being forgiving people. Turn with me, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Here we find Peter and the Lord Jesus Christ having a discussion. And Peter says to him, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. That's a lot, isn't it? But you know, in our relationships, in our families, we do forgive 70 times seven if we want our relationships to last. If we want us to have good relationships, you learn to forgive, don't you? I often reference grandkids because they're so much fun. But I was a parent before I was a grandparent. Parenting was not quite as much fun as grandparenting. But it's not hard to remember back to parenting. And you know what? I had to learn to forgive because my kids once in a while, more than once in a while, were disobedient. And if I didn't forgive, sometimes multiple times a day, then you could go crazy, couldn't you? But you learn to forgive. So here he reminds us in our prayer requests, 
Yes, we're talking to the triune God, but we're talking to him about the most basic things in life. Our sustenance, our food, the bread that we eat, and about our relationships. God forgive me as I forgive others. But look at what he goes on to say as he moves down through verse 11 into verse 12 and then into verse 13. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because you and I, and we live in this world that is an evil world. All around us, there are things that go on. We turn on our news and we watch what's transpiring in Ukraine. And, and I'm a, a history person and I watch this and I am in just shock that we are going back in time to that old European style of war where we're just going in and bombing people in their their towns, their cities, their apartments, their churches, their hospitals. You'd like to think humanity learned something from World War I and World War II. But people who want to conquer, conquer because they want to conquer. They're not humanitarians. So as we look at what transpires in the world, we understand that the world is evil. And there are many things that transpire that we look at and we cannot comprehend. So we simply come to God and we say to him, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Go with me, if you would, in your New Testament to the book of James. And I want to show you in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. And here we find that that idea, that concept, pursued father, as we look at dealing with God, tempting or testing, and our prayer request, God, spare us from evil about us. James chapter 1, look at verses 13 and 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So that's very interesting when you take that and you lay it against verse 13. Lead us not into, temp into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So God teaches us that he is not going to try to tempt us with evil because he himself cannot be tempted with evil. But actually our temptation is our own self lusting after and desiring more. Here he reminds us in our prayer, Lord, don't allow me to be tempted. Spare me, keep me from evil. So there's a check and balance built in there for you and I. We look at what transpires in the world, and, and let's take the whole Ukraine situation. For a number of years, you've seen Russia come down and take Crimea and different things. And you know, they were unapologetic about that. They told the world, we're taking this because these are people who are part, their, their genetics are part of the old Russian nation, the old Russian empire. He played the games of saying, these people really want to be Russians. They don't want to be Ukrainians. He sent out all the signals because he desires to conquer. It's his desire to do it. And so as we look at these things in the text, we understand that whether it's a war in Ukraine or it's somebody who steals from their neighbor, they look and they say to themselves, I want what that person has. And in themselves, they take what they want. So here he warns us. In our prayer life, he says, deliver us, Lord, from evil. Help me to not be tempted. 
Help me to not allow myself to be drawn in and take that to, or do that which is not right. So we see that this, these triads of prayer, they really come right to where we live in our lives. He connects us to the triune God, but then he brings us right to where we live. Our very daily bread, our relationships with our families, our neighbors, our co-workers. And yes, even the spiritual battle that we face in each of our lives. There's a little poem I wanted to read to you about that as well. Oh, holy Lord, who with the children three did walk the piercing flame? Help in these trial hours, which except for thee I dare not name. Nor let these quivering eyes and sickening heart crumble beneath the tempter's dart. Each of us in our lives, we are faced with those temptations. We are faced with those trials within our soul. We are faced with the spiritual battle that the Apostle Paul talked about warred within his own soul. But we have to look to God and we have to say to him, Lord, spare me from that evil. Help me to not be tempted by all that which would destroy me. It's part of our prayer life. And then the third one he takes us to is in the last part of verse 13 of Matthew chapter 6. And this is the voice of recognition. It's the third of the triads. Here we see him talk about God's kingdom, God's power, God's glory. We recognize who he is and who we are not. It's a lie to think that you yourself are a God. It's a lie to think that you yourself is a self-made man or a self-made woman. That you yourself can do it alone. It's why the Bible reminds us that there will come a time when every one of us will bend our knee and we will confess that he is God. Because there are all around the world God deniers who say they don't recognize nor acknowledge nor humble themselves to anybody but themselves. But God reminds us in this prayer that we do need to recognize who he is. And what he is. When you come down to verse 13 of Matthew chapter 6. He says to us in the closing of his prayer. For thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Forever. We understand that God's kingdom is almighty. Not us. Not our government. Not even our world. For this world too shall someday pass away. It's not going to happen in the next few months. But one day it will happen. So we are reminded that the kingdom of God is the ultimate kingdom that endures forever. And then he reminds us of the power. He says, not only is thine kingdom, but also thy power and thy glory forever. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he sends us out in the Great Commission, he reminds us, I go with you. I give you the power to do what I've called you to do, and I go with you, and I am with you forever. And that is because he is all-powerful. He transcends time, circumstances. We sometimes look around and we say to ourselves, well, where is God? Well, he is there. His time is not your time. Your time is not his time. Sometimes we look for him, well, why don't you do something about this? He is in his time and in his way. And we have to humble ourselves and we have to rest ourselves in who he is and what he does. But he is the all-powerful God. And he does deserve all the glory. That's what he tells us at the end of the prayer. It's the last of the third triad. He says, and the glory of God is forever. He will be and is exalted. And you and I in our lives, if we're going to be true prayer warriors, we take this simple model 
that Jesus Christ gave us. It's not a prayer that we're supposed to repetitiously pray. In fact, he addressed that when the text just before it. He said, don't pray in repetition like the heathens do. So he's not expecting you to get up every day and say, you're our fathers. That's not what he's wanting. He's wanting us to look in this and to understand there's something to learn to make us great prayer warriors. As we come before the triune God and talk to him about the most basic elements of our lives and reflect on who he is in our lives. It's a simple formula. You and I that are married, we understand that, listen, our spouse likes to be recognized as our spouse. Amen? I mean, when you're, when you're, when you're a newlywed, we'll, we'll take one of these young couples in here. We'll take Mike and Rose back there because how long you guys been married? Two years? Four years. Wow. It seems like yesterday you were walking down the aisle. Four years ago is still good enough for me to call a newlywed. So when Mike introduces Rose to his friends, Rose doesn't want to hear Mike say, oh, this is Rose, my friend. No, she'd be thinking, what? <laughs> and neither does Mike want to be introduced by Rose to her friends. Yeah, this is Mike, my friend. Doesn't sound right, does it? No, it's, this is Mike, my husband, or this is Rose, my wife. Well, so also in our relationship with God. He's not the big guy. He's not the big guy in the sky or whatever you want to make it and spin it. He is God Almighty, the Heavenly Father. He is the one who has the kingdom that shall reign forever. And he is all powerful forevermore. He is the one who provides us our daily bread. As fast as it comes, it can go. So we wanna always be thankful to, to who truly provides. He is the one that we look to in our relationships. God help me to get along with my coworkers, my neighbors, my church friends, my, my spouse, my children, my parents. Help me, Lord, to forgive even as, help me to be forgiven even as I forgive. As we look at these truths, they really touch us at home. Let them shape us and make us. Not a repetitive prayer, but a model by which we shape our prayers. Let's take a moment and bow our heads. And as each of us bow our heads and look in our hearts, I ask you this morning, what kind of condition your prayer life is in? Have you been addressing God, the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, His work in your life and for your life? When you think about your prayer life, is it a is it a prayer life that touches upon the basics, even starting with salvation? As your head is bowed and as you look in your heart, have you received Christ as your Savior? Have you reached out to Him and asked Him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart? As a child of God, we look to Him to provide. Our food, our relationships, even to protect us from evil. As our heads are bowed, we must never forget that we rest in his power, his glory, his kingdom. Father in heaven, as we come to the end of this service, I pray for your Holy Spirit to stir our hearts. For you are almighty and you know each and every one of us better than we know ourselves. You see in the depths of our hearts where we are in our relationship to you 
to those about us. And I pray you stir us this morning. Stir us to be prayer warriors that we might honor you. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to woo us and beckon us to a place of decision. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. John's going to lead us in a couple verses of invitation. Maybe you want to come to the altar this morning and kind of renew your prayer life. Or maybe you need to want to come and pray for somebody that you need to forgive. Maybe you need to just take a moment and humble yourself and say, God, you are almighty and I am not. Or maybe this morning you've realized you have yet to receive Christ as your Savior and you need to come and receive him. Just come and look at me, just step right here and say, Pastor, I need to receive Christ today. And I will have somebody open the Bible, answer your questions, pray with you that you might receive into your heart today salvation. Let's, let's respond to his word as we come to this moment of invitation. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. We're going to sing one more verse. The Lord has stirred your heart. Respond to him today as we sing one more verse. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and Thine alone Can change the leper's spots And melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all All to Him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain missile song and then I'm going to close us in prayer so Brother John lead us in that song sing the wondrous love of Jesus sing his mercy and his grace in the mansions bright and blessed he'll prepare for us the place when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing there will be when we into our community. I pray that you help us to take what we've learned this morning and apply it to our prayer life. Lord, we look for great leaders. We desire to be good followers and citizens. But Lord, we can do none of those things without prayer. For you are God Almighty. We praise you. We exalt you. We humble ourselves before you. And we desperately need you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.